On the heels of the Trevor Bauer bombshell, along with several other men who have been wronged in the past, I further my call to end the Me Too movement. I am not backing down from this one, guys, and I think you're going to agree with me when you hear why. Hello to each and every one of you. Happy Wednesday. Welcome on into Outkick the Morning. I am your host, Charlie Arnold. Now, yesterday, in the wake of the Trevor Bauer bombshell, outing his accuser as a disgusting liar, I made the call to end the Me Too movement. And today, I am going to continue making that case. What was once born as a push to protect real victims has, in many cases, just like we saw with Bauer, turned into an awful manipulation tactic by immoral women to strip men of their power. And we, as a society, continue to just let it happen, time and time again, it seems. Uh, Such also, as we have seen in the past, the cases of Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh, who was on the brink of not being confirmed after being accused of sexual assault stemming from his college years, There was the three members of the Duke lacrosse team who were accused of raping a stripper at a party and former Bills punter Matt Ariza who was accused of gang rape. These are just three examples, all of which were proved to be untrue accusations. Men have been put through absolute torture. They have had massive opportunities stolen from them. Their lives, livelihoods, and reputations devastated solely because they were me too'd. Meaning a woman made a claim and it was accepted as a fact, even though in all of these cases, it was nothing but a lie. The believe all women era, no matter what, must end right now. Even Matt Ariza, who was still out of a job in the NFL, realizes the threat of it. Here's what he said after being released from the bills following his untrue accusations. It's just the climate of how things are now. Um, Accusations bring so much hate to anyone who decides to stand by the accuser that uh, they were kind of forced to, to cut me from the team. Now, don't get me wrong. If you are a true victim, I implore you to find the courage to come forward any under any and all circumstances. However, if the behavior with the accused man was consensual, let's say, if there is an ulterior motive, maybe a money grab, a play for attention, then please spare us. Don't take the legs out from under real victims who now will no doubt have become discredited because of stunts like the ones I just mentioned. Real victims should be absolutely furious. Just because a woman says something does not mean it should be assumed as fact. And to everyone out there, be careful. Save those receipts. Finally, I also see no reason to continue a movement to protect women when women don't even take the steps to protect themselves anymore. For example, self-proclaimed feminists all over the country are in favor of having biological men in their bathrooms in their locker rooms, in their sorority houses, in their safe spaces, and even those who aren't outwardly in favor still neglect to stand up against things like this, despite the integration causing an inherent danger for all women. Look how Virginia dad Scott Smith was treated after he confronted the Loudoun County School Board in Virginia after his 15-year-old daughter was the victim of a brutal sexual assault by a transgender in a female bathroom. How is this dad going to be attacked when he was standing up for his underage daughter? I don't understand it. Where is the concern for this girl's safety? Isn't this a me isn't this a me too concern considering she was sexually assaulted? 
No, it's not. And that is the problem right here. Because you can't pick and choose which girls or women get protection under this awareness campaign. And on the flip side, who can be classified as an assailant? If a boy in a skirt sexually assaults a female, that is the exact same thing as a man sexually assaulting a female. Gay men in bondage at a family parade is the same thing as a hetero man walking down the street exposing himself to women. You can't be outraged by one and not the other. So women, I'm talking to you right here. The onus is on you to decide how this goes moving forward. But as I see it, as a woman, the Me Too movement has lost its way. It doesn't make sense anymore and feels like a scam to protect liars and hypocrites. So again, let's just end it now and hope that any real victims feel even more compelled at this point to speak up knowing that abusers of the system aren't able to perpetually discredit them. And now for some reaction. Let's bring in Evita Duffy Alfonso. She is a writer for The Federalist and the co-founder of The Chicago Thinker. So, Evita, I'm so happy to have you here with me. Uh, I know you're going to have a lot of insight on these subjects. Uh, you just heard me lay out my case to end the Me Too movement. I just don't see a real purpose behind it. What it set out to do in the beginning doesn't seem like what we're experiencing anymore. So what's your reaction on it? Well, I thought it was great. And I think what you what you touched on that's so important for all of us to realize is that we are a culture that no longer values the truth. We don't value it on a biological level. We have men posing as women, going into women's spaces, beating them in sports and making them feel unsafe in their own locker rooms. With the with the case of, of, of Trevor and the MLB, we have a woman who who clearly lied in a system that does not punish her. This this accuser should be facing the same consequences that Trevor would have would have faced had he actually been uh, guilty of of these horrendous um, sexual assault crimes. So we we are a culture that does not value truth on any level. And this this whole believe all women line, what you said is so perfect because it actually ends up hurting women on so many different levels. Well, one of them is that real victims aren't blamed, right? We say, you know what, these women probably aren't telling the truth mm -hmm. because women like Amber Heard or the one that's accused Trevor, um, clearly were lying. Um, and then it also makes men not want to trust women. So when we have opportunities in the workplace um, for women, men actually in places of power say, you know what, I'm never going to be alone with a woman. I'm never, never going to have a closed door meeting with a woman. I'm not going to go on a work trip with a woman because they know that they are susceptible then to these false accusations accusations, which then ends up hurting women professionally. The Me Too movement has been awful for women on every single level. And really, I think you're right. It's up to women to fix the wrongs of the Me Too movement and say, let's bring back truth um, into, into our country, into the, into the justice system, um, because otherwise we're just going to see this problem and these false accusations perpetuate. Yeah. And I feel like there is a little bit of outrage. I mean, obviously we're on the same side here, but generally speaking, I don't see a lot of women standing up and supporting men when on the flip side, when Trevor Bauer, just as an example, was being accused of the horrific things that he was, there was so much outrage among women. It shouldn't shouldn't it be a more or more balanced emotion now that we've come down with this this settlement showing that he did absolutely nothing that she was accusing him of. It just doesn't make any sense to me that there's outrage then, but not now. 
Yeah, and I think a lot of that comes from the corporate media. I think that the corporate media likes to to hold on to these these accusatory stories. They're inflammatory. They're they're salacious, and they they per, they perpetuate them. They 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 promote them um, because they know it's going to get a lot of clicks, um, and because they they tend to agree with this whole believe all women line, right? And then the second that the truth comes out, and it's not so interesting, and suddenly a man is actually exonerated, and the woman ended up being a liar, mm-hmm. they're not interested in covering the story um, accurately or fairly and writing the wrongs that they perpetuated um, when the story first came out. That's a huge problem to me. I think also feminists as well, it's a huge problem. Feminists claim to be, you know, the 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 the, the helps, the people who are standing up for women in all these different spheres, right? When we talk about transgenderism, um, the feminist movement has not stood up for women in women's spaces. They haven't stood up for the men who have been falsely accused by women, which actually ends up, like I said, hurting the real victims of sexual mm-hmm. assault. It's on the feminists to actually come forward and defend women, and they're not really doing it. Yeah, something that I've been pretty outspoken about in the past is the idea of toxic masculinity, which we hear almost every day, someone using it in some type of instance. Uh, but you don't ever hear the idea of toxic femininity, which is what exactly we're seeing in these cases where these men have been falsely accused. Uh, this isn't just doing destruction, you know, in these big high profile media cases. I mean, we're seeing that the idea of, of feminism, radical feminism, toxic femininity is really doing a lot of damage, uh, in a lot of different spaces. I mean, you mentioned it before. A lot of men have to tiptoe around women because they don't want to be caught making the wrong move or they don't want to be me tooed. Uh, so really this is doing a lot of damage to the idea of dating cultures, Uh, the idea of getting married, the idea of having children, like all of those traditional ideas that have been so successful in the past, we're seeing a decline in because men clearly don't feel comfortable. And on the flip side, a lot of women are painting men as being toxic, even though in, I would say, the majority of examples, this is largely untrue. Yeah. Well, so what's something that's really interesting that that we're seeing happen is in the feminist movement, the original, you know, 19... uh, 60, 70, second wave feminism movement, they wanted women to have really the the same rights as men in, in, ter- in, in the same um, social norms as men. So they said, we're going to be able to, to go out, to party, to sleep around. We should have the right to do that and to be in those spaces and not have society police us. I don't agree with that. I wouldn't do it myself, but that was what they wanted. Now we're seeing today women still do those things, right? They're still sleeping around. They're still putting themselves in dangerous situations, but they don't like the consequences of that, which means that they're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And and so they, you cannot have it both ways. Either we're a moral society and you're going to protect yourself um, or you're not. And you're going to be ready to face consequences when that happens. I'm not saying somebody deserves to be sexually assaulted, but what I'm saying is that, that when women aren't responsible for themselves and their own safety, oftentimes bad things happen. Well, you need to decide for yourself what you're ready, what you are willing to risk. And I think to tell women that you can have it both ways is a lie. Again, we're a culture that lies to both men and women. You need to decide. Mm-hmm. And, and frankly, if it was up to me, I would say, you know, men shouldn't be sleeping around. If you don't want to risk a woman falsely accusing you of something, don't sleep around. If you're a woman and you don't want to put yourself at risk, don't go hook up with some guy you don't know on Tinder. We should be a society that says, you know what, we're going to tell people the truth. There are risks to, to this kind of behavior. And living a moral life is the best way to avoid all of these problems. But we're a culture that doesn't do that. Yeah, and especially, you know, when you look at the case of this accuser, Trevor Bauer's accuser, asking, you know, or or saying in advance, you're going to have him choke you out. 
Uh, we're talking about immoral behavior. It doesn't get much more immoral than that. Uh, so she got what she asked for. Uh, it was clearly consensual, and yet then he was painted to be an absolute predator. Uh, it's disgusting. I'm totally on board with what you're saying. And I think that just even protection for women, it's not even something that they have to worry about something that's subjugated against them in terms of what a man does. Women aren't even protecting themselves uh, because as we've seen, they're allowing biological men into all of their safe spaces, uh, which includes their locker rooms because we're seeing now transgender athletes being allowed to play in women's sports. Uh, the latest example of Vita, we just saw there was a runner. His name is Soren Stark Kessa. Uh, was a high schooler in Maine. As a boys competitor, Soren finished in 172nd place, but then changed genders and therefore was able to compete in the girls' division, suddenly going from 172nd place to fourth place. Yeah. How many more examples do we need to prove that men are athletically and genetically superior to women? Uh, is this just going to continue happening until we've done away with men and women's divisions? I just don't understand what needs to happen for people to realize that science exists it always has exists, and it always will exist, and nothing's going to change that. Well, the numbers are just astounding, right? I mean, every time that we have men participate in these these female competitions, they blow the the, the female competitors out of the water. I mean, it's it's not even it's not it's not even a real a real competition anymore. And so uh, we're we're in this weird, you know. Area where we're not able to admit that men actually are better at sports than women are. There are a lot of things that women are better at than men. This is not one of them. Um, and so to say that this is going to be an even playing field is absolutely uh, ridiculous. The, to, to, to answer your question, I think part of what's happening with the transgender movement is we're being led by a lot of emotion. Um, and so there are parents who today are making the decision to, to transfer their children, putting them on hormone blockers, even giving them, you know, mutilated, mutilating surgeries um, that will change them for the rest of their lives, that will potentially make them infertile, that will, will could, could if they, you know, reverse and they decide they're not trans, destroy their lives. I mean, this is, this is really serious, what we are doing physically to transgender children. And there are a lot of parents now who say, I, I cannot admit that I was wrong because if I did, it would be too painful. So there's a whole mm -hmm. class of people who now are, are unable to admit that this is actually very backward because they are driven by so much guilt and so much emotion. And I, the, I mean, the same thing actually goes for the abortion movement, right? We have, there are so many women who feel the guilt and pain of what happened um, when they were when they were young and they made that decision that they'll always support the abortion movement and encourage other women to get abortions as well. So this, and mm -hmm. this is, we're a culture that is being really driven um, by guilt and I think, the consequences are are so far reaching, one of them being the opportunities that real women have in sports and the integrity um, of, of our competitions. I think it's it's unfair. And I also think that, frankly, it's really unsafe when you have women in locker rooms with men um, or, or have them in bathrooms with men. And oftentimes these men aren't, aren't even gender dysphoric um, and they're posing. So it's it's really backward. It's really unsafe. And we're really being driven by guilt and a lot of emotion. Yeah, and a lot of it is being driven in the name of content. I mean, people will do anything to get likes and attention on social media these days, including, you just mentioned, you know, there are parents who are making these decisions for their kids uh, when they aren't even old enough or 
wise enough to understand that they're going through these life-altering surgeries and, you know, taking these medications that are going to change the course of their life forever. And a lot of the parents are documenting it on social media. And you have to wonder, like, what's your motivation here? And I just, I keep thinking to myself, because we've already seen several cases, lots of cases, in fact, where kids were trans. They were either chemically castrated or surgically, surgically mutilated at a young age. And now when they are old enough to realize the horrible decision they made, they're super regretful and there's nothing they can do about it. Their lives essentially are ruined forever. And we're seeing it happen more and more and more people following following in this camp where they're saying, oh yeah, it, it's completely acceptable. And, and, and parents shouldn't have, you know, at the end of the day, even any, uh, uh, like, uh, what's the word? Uh, they shouldn't have control over what the kid does. It just, what, what do you see the world looking like in a few years from now? Are we just gonna have people killing themselves left and right because they're they're so depressed over what they've done. I just, I'm trying to get a grasp on, on the world that we're going to be seeing in the future. And, and right now it's very startling for me. Yeah, I mean, my heart breaks for an entire generation of young people who have bought into the transgenderism fad. And it is it is a fad. It is a social contagion. Uh, th- this is reflected in the numbers, right? I mean, in the past, transgenderism, the phenomenon of gender dysphoria was felt by a very small minority of men. Now it appears to be a very large minor- majority of young uh, teenage and 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 preteen women. So what w- what we're seeing right is the social contagion, um, and we're seeing the transgender movement prey on young people who are not comfortable in themselves. They're going through that awkward phase in school where they're uncomfortable in their bodies, um, in in the changes that are happening in their lives. And so they say, hey, maybe the reason I'm feeling this way is because I'm actually in the wrong body and I'm the wrong gender and I've got to take all these hormones and it'll fix all my problems. And it doesn't fix their problems. Mm -hmm. And then they realize that when they emerge into their 20s and they actually want to experience the world and they should be comfortable in their own skin, suddenly they've done irreversible damage to themselves psychologically and physically we are going to see mass mental health uh, mental health crises that's going to emerge in the coming years from this we're already seeing it now uh, gen z is the most mentally ill generation to date um it's only going to get worse and and really this goes back to what we said before the feminists have have an obligation to be standing against this. I think that, you know, J.K. Rowling is one of them. Uh, Jermaine Greer is one of them who have been, you know, standing up for for, for women's rights and 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 keeping the integrity of, of our sports alive. Um, but part of the reason why none of that actually works very well is the feminist movement was the catalyst for a lot of this radical transgenderism, where they said men and women, their differences aren't really there. Women, to be valuable, should act more like men. Um, sexually, uh, emotionally, they 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 blurred the lines between the sexes, and by doing that, they allowed mm-hmm. for the transgender movement. So we are seeing a a this is not a new actually a really new thing. This is decades in the making. Um, and and the 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 fix for it all, right? The resolution is not going to come. I don't think in our lifetime. Yeah, and I just I wish that parents would be wise enough to tell their kids that being confused and having days where sometimes you don't know where you belong uh, is something that will never end. I mean, I'm a grown adult woman and I still have days where sometimes I'm like, am I doing the right thing? Should I be doing something different? It's not because I'm at this point questioning my gender identity, but life is just very confusing. It's never not going to be confusing. And I think especially as time goes on and things get a little crazier, uh, it's only going to get even worse. So um, it's very sad. 
that their lives are changed forever. But Evita, I'm so thankful to have spoken with you and thank you for shedding light on all of these different subjects. And we'll definitely be in touch because I feel like you're going to be able to weigh in on some other things in the future. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Outkick the morning. We'll be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based, often running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. Angie makes the process seamless from researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience. Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. <sighs> wow, what a world we live in. Uh, well, you know what they say, guys. F around and find out. Uh, a YouTube prankster named Tanner Cook who owns the Classified Goons YouTube channel, which has 50,000 subs and features stupid stunts where he is found harassing hospitality workers and couriers, found out the hard way. Yeah, in early April, he was following and harassing a food delivery driver named Alan Cole in a Leesburg, Virginia mall, all in the name of, well, we already just discussed it, content. But didn't expect Coley, a concealed carry owner, to defend himself, but he did. And you can see how it all went down. Watch this. Huh? What? What's that? Hey, thinking about my twinkle. No. Hey, thinking about my twinkle. Stop. 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 Uh, okay, yeah, thankfully this jury has some sense and last week found Coley not guilty in that shooting. He was being harassed and he protected himself from this loser prankster and he did nothing wrong. The jury found that out. Anyways, you would think Cook would have learned his lesson after being shot, but guess again, because check out this fool alongside his mother outside the courthouse following the verdict. Regardless of the outcome, you know, the jury's the jury, and we totally respect how our law plays out, and this was the outcome today, and we respect that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Just real quick, um, just, uh, Tanner, you said you wanted to, what's your message to the people who might have a question about your content itself? Um, I don't know. I guess we'll just have to keep watching. So you'll continue to make videos? Yeah, probably. We'll see, you know? 
Okay, so A, the fact that his mother didn't even bother to scold him tells us all we need to know. That's a story we'll get into in just a few minutes. But clearly, Cook has not learned his lesson. And the thing is, Cook is not alone in what he does. There are hundreds of pranksters on YouTube who pull off equally as obnoxious of stunts, including my next guest. Uh, he has a massive following, more than half a million followers on YouTube. So let's not wait another minute. Let's bring in Sebastian Davis, a.k.a. The cart narc, and uh, get his perspective on all of this because wow, Sebastian, <laughs> there's yes. a lot to unpack here with what we just saw. But bef it's it's going great. I'm so happy that you're here uh, because I feel like of all people, you will be able to shed light on this better than anyone else. But before we get into our chat, I want to take a look at what you do on YouTube. That's not where the cart goes. So where it goes when I leave it. Oh well, what the fuck did you like it or not? Fuck you. No, not F me. Put it on my car, and I'll break your fucking face. You're too sm You're too old to do that, sir. The point is... I don't care about your point. Why don't you want to make, have a, a polite... Why are you spitting on your own car? You don't have a fucking problem. My problem is that you left your card out. I don't care. But that's the whole point, is you should care about your fellow shopper. Why not? Did you have... Did someone hurt you at some point in your life? Well, you are an a-hole. Sorry, sir. Wouldn't you hate it if you were sitting around... Why don't you make me take that car no, see that's my problem. That's not my problem. My mission. My mission. My mission is to help. You just asked me to. My mission is to help you find it within yourself to take the. Sir, this is my job to help out society. You fell for the fake out twice, sir. You fell for the fake out twice. Now, what if you what if you put this much effort into taking your card back? What if you did that, sir? Okay, Sebastian a.k.a. the cart narc, uh, we see what you're doing here. I have to admit, uh, this is a bit of a double-edged sword because I'm, I'm super intrigued. I have to imagine that that's why you have so many subscribers. What you're doing is highly fascinating, highly entertaining. Uh, but also, on the flip side, it is obnoxious. I, I, I will say I put my cart away. Uh, but to be confronted good, good, good. by someone like you in the parking lot would definitely make me furious. Uh, how do you view what you're doing? Because a lot of people would say that this is just straight up harassment. A lot of people do use that word and they're wrong because what I'm doing is you can see in the, in the videos, it's, it's basically a small conversation about common courtesy. And I understand why I'm looped into this YouTube prankster stuff because it, it, it's real people and real reactions. But what I'm doing actually comes from a real place, has a real social purpose of putting, you know, picking up after yourself. And I agree with you. This YouTube guy sucks. He, you look at his videos, he's just there to make people angry. He's not doing anything other than I want to make you angry. I'm doing something that makes, that's hopefully solving the problem that makes other people angry of loose carts in parking lots. Okay. So yes, you are, you're serving more of a purpose rather than just doing it for the sake of getting attention. You're actually trying to better the shopping experience around the country. That I totally get. But do you think that because you are going a step further rather than just having that conversation with someone and being like, hey, this is not cool, put your cart back, and you're throwing the magnet on their car, that that scene is maybe taking it one step too far and that's why people get so upset? Well, yeah, it definitely pierces their ego because the whole point of my magnet, which I've got uh, like an example right here, <laughs> is it's something that shows that you, this person <laughs> driving around, Lazy uh, they don't care about their fellow human being. It's, it's basically, it's a little citizen's ticket 
you know, kind of a, a modern day scarlet letter, but in a lighthearted and silly way. I mean, this is, you know, it's not a baby on board. It's lazy bones on board. You know, that it's it's <laughs> it definitely encourages the conversation to continue because people otherwise would just blow me off. They say, like, ah, get, screw this guy. Who does he who is he to hold me to a higher standard? Um, and and I, I get what you're saying, but it's it's also harmless, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I think you're you're correct in the fact that it's, you're not doing damage to their vehicle. It is uh, similar to maybe a parking ticket, right? That you would get, or when if you park, you know, sometimes when you park incorrectly, you get a note on your windshield, like someone's calling you, you know, a name or of some sort. Uh, so that sure. I understand. But just in terms of the emotion you drive with these people, I mean, we can just tell by your videos, uh, people get really fired up. Have you ever been put into a situation where you know the point of what you're doing, uh, but is it is it always worth it? Because it seems like this could get yourself into a pretty dangerous situation. I mean, some of these people look like they could get pretty threatening or even, you know, do some harm to you physically. Right, and, and the, the videos you played, quite frankly, were somewhat tame uh, compared to what, what we've done. And uh, what I'm wearing here is an actual Kevlar vest that was donated to me by a police officer in Louisiana oh. after he, uh, who's a fan, and he saw the video that I shot in Texas where a man pulled a gun on me. Or I didn't even put the magnet on his car. I just showed him the magnet. And he said, uh, no way, sir. He pulled a, you know, pulled a gun out, racked the slide. And it's kind of, it's, you know, it is a little dangerous, a little scary. Uh, you know, if I had been like that YouTube prankster all over that guy and actually really physically threatening and harassing him, he could have easily shot me, but I don't do that. I keep my distance. I try to engage in a polite conversation. Um, and and yes, it, it can be, but it, it goes to show beyond the level or the lesson of pick up after yourself, put back your card. It shows how thin and frail some people's egos are. Wow, that's so interesting. So you actually had a police officer give you the bulletproof vest to help yeah. you protect yourself because they're in favor of what you're doing. Yeah, and I would say it's it's probably not all, but nine out of ten are uh, because if you if you in a vacuum you would you would ask people, oh hey, should you take your cart back to the cart return, which is right over there with a sign with a cart on it, or should you leave it in the middle of a spot where it blocks the next person and potentially causes them damage? Everyone would say, oh, of course you should take your cart back. But in reality, mm-hmm. when I show up and say, oh hey, would you do that? It, it's that ego. It's hey, I, wow. Oh, I've, yeah. I've been caught with my hand in the cookie jar. I yeah, and they know they're wrong, but some people are don't oh, don't have enough maturity to say, ah, my bad. That's so interesting. Okay, so uh, have you ever? I, I saw in your in your compilation, you've had some people threaten to call the cops. Uh, have the cops ever showed up? And have you ever been charged with anything? Or is it more, normally just? A, you two figure it out and they find you have, you know, you were really guilty of nothing, nothing wrong per se. I don't know. Yeah, no, several, a couple of times the, the cops have showed up and it's basically been a, uh, hey, what's going on here? Uh, OK, you probably better leave. Essentially, it's it's I've never been charged with anything. I've never been arrested for anything. Uh, I've never been sued even in a civil matter, because, again, what I'm doing it may be in some jurisdictions they have, you know, anti-leaflet laws, essentially, you know, where you can't leave a, uh, you know, an advertisement for whatever, a party or a car wash on someone's car. That's that's essentially the extent of what I'm doing, because unlike the people I'm confronting, I'm never violent and never aggressive. I don't pull weapons and try as this guy right here is trying to fight me. Yeah. Um, 
and it just kind of shows you the, I guess, lack of maturity. And like I said, the, the, just the fragility of certain people's egos where they can't admit they're wrong. And just, and, and I, I do show videos. I try to tag now, especially at the end of a video where someone is trying to be aggressive with me, I'll tag someone who says, ah, my bad. You know what? I was being lazy. So I, I try to show that, that both options are possible. You don't have to be a violent maniac. Do you ever have the store employees come out and thank you, or even, I guess, on the opposite, tell you to go away? But if a police officer is going to, I have to imagine the people who are trying to do their jobs and keep the carts in the right spaces would be very gracious for what you're trying to do here. Yeah, it's, it's a nine out of 10 R. I, I get people who come up all the time. Oh my gosh, cart narcs, I can't believe, because I do this all over the country and internationally <laughs> sometimes. And I have a little sticker I'll give them and you know we'll take a picture or whatever. But but to be fully honest, yeah, sometimes like they, the uh, the person I'm talking to will be in their car and they'll call the store and the manager has come out a, a handful of times and said, hey, you need to get on. And I, and I don't fight them on that. I, you know, my job is not to make their job harder. My job is to kind of, I hopefully hold the fabric of society. Help together them do their jobs. OK, but then you look at someone like Tanner Cook, who, well, and of course, we did differentiate between what you're doing and what he's doing, which he is guilty of just straight up harassment, as we saw in that video. Uh, but you see him actually get shot. Uh, and you said you had a gun pulled on you once. Uh, twice, Does this, actually, total. When you see this type of stuff. Oh, three. You said three times? Twice? Well, I've had I've had two guns sh shown to me in t both in Texas. <laughs> I guess stereotypes. Uh, oh, Phil, uh, there you I've go. Had, I've had guys on top of that threaten to go get a gun and come back. So that's it's happened a handful of times. Yes. Okay, so thankfully nothing has happened to you up to this point. But when you see this YouTube prankster, who a lot of people might put you in the same bucket as a guy like Tanner Cook, you know, a lot of people aren't you know fully understanding what your purpose is versus what he's doing. A lot of people are just saying sure. this is obnoxious. Uh, this person won't leave me alone. I didn't ask to engage with this person. Does this make you rethink? what you're doing or say, you know what, maybe I should not be doing this or are, are you still steadfast and, you know, doing all your cart narc videos? Well, as you can see with the video you're showing right now is a perfect example is this guy, besides being obnoxious, he lacks any kind of situational awareness. He is within arm's reach of the person that he is harassing, which I, again, difference there, but yeah, it, it, he has no chance if that guy pulls knife or in this case, a gun, he has no chance to defuse the situation, and he is all over that dude. That the guy who he's harassing has no idea what he's really doing. He could be trying to rob him, uh, you know, or mug him of some sort. And that's where I'm. I'm always. You can see in my videos. I'm far away. I'm. I'm always watching mm -hmm. what they're doing. So if something does happen where someone does display a firearm or a knife, which has happened in, in several of my videos, I have a chance to stay out of re reach of that. So yeah, I, I get what you're saying completely, but. Um, at the same time, I feel like what I'm doing does it's it's kind of like letting the bullies win, essentially, if I if I back down. If, well, well, people are violent maniacs. Well, I better let them rule the world then. I better let the the violent a-hole, the bullies of the world, I better let them win and uh quit what I'm doing. So I I don't believe in that. When did you start doing your videos? It's actually been since late 2018. Uh, and we were just kind of doing it every once in a while, and then it really sort of caught on. People were saying, hey man. I hate it when people leave their cards out. I'm glad someone's out there trying to make the world a, a slightly better place. Uh, and it's sort of uh, kind of snowballed since then.
Okay, so I just am curious, did you have you noticed a difference in reactions? People getting more aggressive or violent pre-COVID versus during COVID, post-COVID? Yeah, that's a good question. And it really ha I really haven't, because uh, I didn't always have the magnets. I didn't always have the vest. I used to, it was just mm. me in a t-shirt that said Carton Arcs initially. So I wouldn't even you know put the magnet on their car at first. And even then, pre-COVID, you know, 2018, 2019, people would still, who are you to tell me what to do? F off. I'll I'll kick your butt, you know, all that stuff. So it's it's <laughs> and by the way, that's just Americans uh, to the to a large extent. When I go to other countries like Japan. In the UK, so much more polite, so much more nice. And, and course, in Japan, everyone takes their cards back. I'm not necessary there. Uh, well, I'm not surprised because I think the Japanese overall are a much better, uh, kind-hearted, polite culture. I mean, everything they do uh, is just Please. a level above what we do here in America. Uh, and there's a reason for that. They actually are disciplined growing up. They have... Uh, they have, you know, the core families. There's a lot of things that we could compare. Uh, it's pretty much apples to oranges at this point. But uh, it does seem like people post-COVID, at least in my opinion, when I interact with others, they seem to be much more on edge now. So I was just wondering if there was a difference in terms of what you've seen there. But I guess, finally, my question to you, Sebastian, is a lot of people are just willing to do whatever it takes to get likes and comments these days. Uh, that's on all forms of social media. I just wonder at what point is enough enough because it is getting to the point where I understand why people get upset and it is being pushed a little too far in my opinion on some levels with some content creators, uh, especially, you know, the people that you see looting stores and ransacking stores on live stream, like things like that. You know, at what point does society start to adjust and start to reject these creators rather than embrace them and give them the attention that they're looking for? Uh, Tanner Cook That's being another example. Point. Yeah, it's a very good point. And I think it comes down to the purpose. Are you doing this to be to do something interesting, creative? Not necessarily like in my case, something that I consider to be positive, but are you just doing it for shock value, like you said, with these looters or people doing stunts on TV? Um, are you are you trying to explore something about the world? And that's why, like you said, it does get you, it, it gets a bad rap uh, in a lot of cases. But people who don't get a bad rap are the guys who've been doing this for a long time. You know, Johnny Knoxville from Jackass, Sasha Baron Cohen from uh, Borat and Bruno, the guys who are doing it in creative, fun, interesting ways. They I think that's a that's a valuable thing. But I, I think it's like what you just mentioned there. It's important that we draw a line between people who are just essentially being criminals and, and, and harassing as opposed to those who are, have some kind of art about it. Yeah, I wonder if eventually platforms like YouTube, because I already know that they've gotten involved in several other cases where now they've become, you know, the moral police in some regards. Uh, if they might say at some point, hey, what you're doing isn't right. Uh, this is considered a form of harassment. And now we're going to shut down your channel or limit you. If you decide to change your ways, it'll be interesting to see what happens because just from the trend I'm seeing, I do see it probably getting worse before it gets better. But I think someone's going to have to make that decision uh, that this type of stuff isn't allowed anymore, because at this point, you know, as, as long as it's getting those clicks, people are going to keep doing it. Sure, sure. I agree. And uh, yeah, it's it's yeah. To, to all those future YouTube pranksters out there. Don't be like this jerk who got shot. He got shot for a reason. I don't think anyone's sad about that. Uh, try to think about what you're doing before you do it.
Okay, Sebastian, uh, the cart narc, I actually have just become a big fan of yours uh, oh, because you. I think it's important to distinguish the difference. Of course, I think it's important to distinguish the difference between what you're doing versus others. And I am a full believer uh, and also a very full practi practitioner of putting my cart in the proper place. So uh, thank you for helping because I have had my car dinged one too many times by rogue carts and uh, keep doing your job. And I hope that more police officers officers, and store owners and employees start to embrace what you're doing. So thank you for joining the show, and uh, I'll be checking you out on YouTube. Thanks for following. Appreciate it. Uh, okay, everyone. So that guy was great. I was not expecting to really enjoy what he does and respect what he does on YouTube, but now I do. So go check out Cartnark. Uh, though... I think the conversation that we got into, very important to differentiate what he's doing versus a lot of these other pranksters because there is a lot of degenerate behavior from these content creators that we see time and time again. And I believe that it's the product of no one teaching them right from wrong. I think the perfect example is Tanner Cook, the guy who was harassing the delivery driver in the mall. You saw him doing the interview after the driver was found to have not been guilty of shooting him, uh, still even after the fact. Uh, how ungracious can you be? You were just shot. Uh, the fact that you're alive and able to, you know, still walk on two legs, you probably should be pretty ungrateful, but uh, he's not. He's a disgusting ingrate, and he decided to further his pranks, going outside the courthouse, making the face behind his mother, then saying that he's going to keep doing what he's doing. Uh, I just don't know how dumb it gets, and I really would argue that his mother's not doing her job, but here's the thing, you can't really blame her, or any parents for that matter these days, because apparently you're not allowed to discipline your kids anymore. Uh, we've already been hearing the same old spiel in the past that corporal, corporal punishment is no longer allowed, which I suppose I get under certain circumstances, but let me tell you, growing up, the kid of an Italian mother, uh, the wooden spoon, my worst nightmare. She brings out the wooden spoon. You know it's time to run. Anyways, point is, uh, we're getting aside from uh, physical punishment. Now, there's a new study that has come out that shows that yelling at your children is just as dangerous as physical or sexual abuse. I'm sorry. Yelling at your kid, they're trying to say, is just as dangerous as sexual abuse. Make that make sense for me? I can't, I can't make it make sense in my own brain. That is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Uh, but what they're doing is they're discouraging parents from actually doing their jobs, just like they're discouraging parents from having any right in the say as to what is healthy for their children. They're trying to keep uh, parents out of the decisions that are being made in the schools. Uh, now they don't even want parents to do their jobs at home. Uh, it's just getting ridiculous. I say if you're a parent, do what you think is best. Raise your kids as best that you can. Uh, I say gear yourself to be more like they're doing in Japan rather than what they're doing in America. Because as we just learned from Sebastian, at least the Japanese are putting their carts away. So obviously they are being disciplined to a much further extent uh, than they are here. That's just a silly example, but uh, the truth remains. Uh, this study is just absolutely ridiculous. And I guess we can just basically say goodbye to well-behaved children because any form of disciplinary tactic is apparently off limits now. Uh, okay, guys, that's the end of the show. I feel like we got into a lot of very interesting discussions. And guess what? Tomorrow... We're gonna do it all over again. So please join me back here, same place, same time, on Outkick the Morning. Uh, you can hit subscribe to make sure that you don't miss a minute 
of anything that I'm talking about, also hit like, leave a comment, and come find me on social media at Charlie on TV. And uh, let's have some fun. Let's do it again tomorrow. And I will see you then right here on Outkick the Morning. Bye. Looking for the hottest sports book offers at Outkick? Find exclusive promotions, expert picks, and the latest odds. Get in the game at outkick.com backslash bet.